Cultivating an Atmosphere of Soul Care in Your Church on this edition of Truth and Love. I'm Dale Johnson, and you're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, where we seek to provide biblical solutions to the problems that people face. And today on the podcast, if you've been listening for very long, you've heard my dear friend Scott Mel. Scott is a, a pastor out at Cornerstone Church in West LA. He's been a pastor there for 15 years, and he's married to his wife, Laura. They have four children. He's an ACBC member. He's one of my favorite people right now, he's pursuing to become a fellow at ACBC, which is so grateful. Right. And uh, as our organization grows, we need the strength of fellows. And Scott is one of those guys that, you know, in the future, if you're pursuing certification, that you could uh, walk through certification with the supervision portion. And so, so grateful for those guys who engage in that ministry. Lifelong friendships are, are born and the quality of counseling care that we want to produce at ACBC depends a lot upon uh, guys like Scott who will who will walk you through the supervision portion of ACBC certification. But today we want to talk about how to cultivate this atmosphere. Um, this seems to be sort of uh, even an, an enigma, something we desire and mm. want, but almost as if it's some sort of, uh, it's elusive to some degree, right? Is we want this idea, we sort of know what we're, we're after, but sometimes it seems hard to, to grasp. But I want I want to discuss this today. I mean, you've seen this in the, in your context, Scott. But let's talk first. Why why would we even want to desire some sort of atmosphere like this? Why why is soul care ministry an important part of the work of the local church? I think that's such a good question, Dale, for all of us to to ask. Right? What what is it that the local church should be about? Right? And what should it be known for? What should people and and I think there's a lot of things that it's about. Right? It's about reaching. The lost. That's why it exists. It's a mission. It's it's about defending the truth, but it's also fundamentally about caring for one another and caring for the souls in uh, in the community in the church. And and because of that, we need to not just have like a side soul care ministry, mm-hmm. right? That this like little thing that, that that cares for people's souls. I think soul care ought to be a part of the the woven culture yeah. of the life of the church. And and I, part of this is because that's what the elders have been given explicit responsibility to, right? Mm-hmm. And he was to watch over and care for the people's souls. I, I think of Jesus's exhortation to Peter. It just echoes in my mind. You know, he was calling Peter, but kind of through Peter, all of us as leaders and one another in the church, when he to, to feed my lambs mm-hmm. repeatedly, to tend my sheep, mm-hmm. to, to feed my sheep. And then we see that throughout the New Testament explained as us, both as pastors mm-hmm. and as one another, being the ones, being the hands and feet and the mouth of Jesus in the lives of one another. Um, because the reality is nothing in the world provides hope in the midst of suffering and sin like the gospel. That's right. Right. And the gospel and the delivery of the gospel and the reminders, the renewing of the mind with the gospel it is what that's the local church's responsibility, mm-hmm. right? That, that's, that's what we exist to do in one another's lives. And so um, this is why I think soul care, counseling, mm-hmm. uh, discipleship, caring for one another uh, has to be more than just a ministry within the church, right. right? But part of the lifeblood of 
the life of the church. That's right. I mean, so many people get caught up in the idea that what's being promoted is some sort of professional standalone ministry mm-hmm. that exists sort of even separate from the life of the church. And in, in my view, as you're articulating, I mean, nothing could be further from the truth. Part of what Jesus um, made wonderful declaration about is that people outside would know that we are his people by the way in which we love one another. And, and you see what happens, yeah. that, that begins to flip the narrative of the way often lost people see our churches. Some lost people in our culture see our churches as just needy places that want things from them and that sort of stuff. Um, when we love well and when we care well in the ways that you're describing, that flips the narrative where we say, no, we're, yeah. here, we're here to serve you. We're here to take care of you. We, we want to sacrifice ourselves and give for, for your good. And th- that's a desirous thing, something that throughout the whole of the life of the body, everything the church is called to do is about caring for the souls of people uh, through the word, by the structure mm-hmm. which God has given. But again, let's, let's talk about this uh, professional distinction here, because a lot of people get this confused um, in, in thinking that you know, what, what we should be pursuing to make our, our church a, a soul care ministry is produce some sort of professional setting or formal setting, maybe is a better, a better term. Yeah. The, the way I would describe this is a formal <laughs> setting of counseling actually comes out of the overflow of what's happening already among God's people in the church. And and that helps us to exactly. sort of arrive at uh, maybe my next question for you, which is, you know, who should engage in soul care in the church? And the reason that's an important question is in our culture right now, we think, well, it's only the it's only the expert. It's only the guy who has a, yeah. a doctoral degree behind his name. He's had, you know, years and years and years of extensive training and that sort of thing. And I'm not minimizing training, but but we say mm. that it, that's sort of an exclusive group. You go to him mm. for for shepherding even. Um, that's the idea. And uh, we want to distinguish that. So so talk through that. Who should engage in this soul care in the church? Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's so important, right, Dale? Because that, that's just not the model we see in the New Testament. That's right. Right? In, in the New Testament, over and over, we see that the, the, the short answer is everyone, right? Mm-hmm. Every Christian. Um, this is yeah, you know, First Corinthians twelve, right? If one member suffers, all suffer together. Mm-hmm. Right? I didn't say if like one mem- member suffers, the the counseling that his counselor suffers with. Him, That's right. Right? Like everyone suffers together. When somebody rejoices, all rejoice together. You know, if um, Galatians six, when it talks about restoring someone in sin, he says, you know, if anyone is caught in any transgression, and I mean you know, those, those words, right? Any. This is for everyone. If anyone is caught in any transgression, he says, you who are spiritual mm-hmm. should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the one who's spiritual isn't like the super spiritual Christian. That's mm-hmm. not like the second layer Christian. It, Galatians 6 comes right after the end of Galatians 5, which is the fruit of the spirit. It mm-hmm. talks about the fruit of the spirit. And so he's basically saying, if you're a Christian mm-hmm. and you're bearing any fruit in your life, then you are the ones who are called to restore one another, you know, in a spirit of gentleness, or, or you know, Ephesians four, when he talks about when Paul writes to the Ephesians that that the body gets built up as all the different parts mm-hmm. speak the truth in love mm-hmm. to one another, and as they work together, that's what builds up the body. That's how we become more and more like Christ. And so, um, ultimately, the answer is that, that everyone should be involved in the caring of souls for those around them. The, the Lord whoever the Lord has placed around you in your local church, um, in your small group, mm-hmm. um, people that you, you, when they're struggling with sin, when they're struggling with suffering, when they're under, 
God's placed you in their life for a reason. Mm -hmm. Maybe not to singularly be the only input in their reason mm -hmm. or input in their life, but to be a significant input of truth and compassion. And at the same time, while the answer is everyone, mm -hmm. it's also there are also those who are particularly gifted, yep. who go do go deeper, mm -hmm. who do provide a service to the church, who who use their gifts and get equipped in their gifts to provide even more expansive ministry in the life of the church. Um, and ultimately, if it's everyone, that also means that that includes pastors. That doesn't just include pastors. Mm -hmm. that, that path is led by pastors. That's right. Past, pastors are meant to not just teach, not just study, although teaching and studying are incredibly important. Mm -hmm. I dedicate all sorts of time to it in my own life, but also soul care, mm -hmm. caring for individuals, um, compassionately, carefully, patiently mm -hmm. is also a call of of pastors in their shepherding as well. And so um, I, that, again, that takes different forms in different roles in different right. ways. Um, but when we understand the life of the church and God's design for the church that way, um, it produces not just specific ministries that mm -hmm. provide soul care mm -hmm. in the life of the church, but it provides a vision for the body, mm -hmm. a vision for the church family as a whole um, that that produces a culture, right? An atmosphere uh, of soul care within, uh, which is what God's designed for all of us because we all desperately need that. I mean, I, even as a pastor, I need that. I need to live in a community that that has a culture of caring for souls when I'm hurting, when I'm struggling, um, because that that's God's the means God's provided for us. Yeah, that's right. I mean, there are a couple of pitfalls, even as you're describing that I want, I want to highlight, um, you know, for, for the listeners, uh, certainly when we answer this question about who should be engaged in this, we, we want to, um, you know, uh, disavow or move away from the idea that, that this has to be some sort of professionalized approach, right? Uh, that some sort of expert is the only one who can engage in this ministry. The, the other thing that you mentioned that I think is important is sometimes pastors, when they hear us talking about biblical counseling and they, they hear the weight that Scripture uh, presses upon them of shepherding, they sort of get this mentality that it, it only has to be them, right? And now they're thinking, man, I study so much to, to prepare a wonderful meal on Sunday to, to preach it to people people so that they can feed upon the word. How in the world am I going to have time to do that? That's not what we're suggesting. Mm -hmm. What we're suggesting is yeah. um, that you lead and model this and that the beauty of the New yeah. Testament is it, it, no, it doesn't deduce this down to you. You have a primary responsibility, but it also exposes the, the whole of the church, every believer to engage in this type of ministry. This is the evidence of the gospel working in us that as we love God, naturally what begins to happen in our social context is we begin to love those other people uh, that we're around. And so the, the ministry multiplies, right, as it's led and modeled by the elders, but then it's yeah. also uh, effectively done by those in the church. And, and that creates sort of this atmosphere, as you're describing, or this culture that people want. We, we want to be cared well for. And when that's a part of the culture and it's normative, it's something that people people want. They want to be a part of that type of true, legitimate New Testament fellowship. So, you know, as we as we progress this idea, and, and we think about this idea of soul care being in the church, and and we sort of suggested that it, it's the answer is not just hey, let's let's uh, turn the lights on at some building and start this professional counseling ministry, but we need to flesh that out a little bit more. So we we sort of suggested that. So why is the culture of soul care a necessary? And I would I like that idea necessary component. <laughs> of soul care ministry? Well, yeah, I mean, 
I think that an ACBC, we see this all across ACBC, right? That that soul care ministries, particularly gifted and trained and equipped counselors or pastors that are doing counseling, uh, are in a huge blessing and a, and a necessary component to the life of the church, right? People that are particularly gifted. But one of the realities is, and I think every counselor, every ACBC member, um, every pastor knows by experience that there are more issues in the church. There are more hurts in the church than their counseling ministry, than their pastoral team mm -hmm. will ever be able to address yep, themselves. That's right. And so th there are always more needs, right? There are always more, more struggles and things to address. And I think this is why even in doing soul care, in doing counseling and doing biblical counseling, so many pastors and even ACBC members probably feel overwhelmed at times, right? Like there's just, the, the needs are too great. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the reasons why I think God's created not just a select few to do soul care, mm -hmm. but he's, he's called and created a, a body, a whole family to, to do this so that the vast majority of those struggles, the vast majority of those hurts ought to be addressed, not by necessarily directly by the pastor, mm -hmm. not directly by the biblical counselor, but by just the other Christians around them in their life. And, and also then when, a particularly difficult or um, complicated situation arises and the pastor or the biblical counselor helps walk someone through a, a, a season, mm -hmm. they have somewhere to send them to for the ongoing discipleship, mm -hmm. for the ongoing walk with Christ, for, for the living out of that journey of struggle against sin, mm -hmm. for the, the living out of that, that journey of redemption through suffering, um, which can't all be housed in a pastor or a pastoral team mm -hmm. even, or even a team of biblical counselors. The, 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 the needs and, and demands, the discipleship demands of the church are, are far too big for that. So that's why God has designed the local church as the context for personal ministry in as a whole. This is why we need a culture of soul care, not just particularly soul care part practitioners, but something that where everyone is recognizing their part in God's design for caring for those around them. That's right. That, and that's part of why we, we get in trouble when we dismiss um, the work of the church as even a method of soul care mm -hmm. in, in everything that the church does from preaching, um, from engaging in the one another's discipleship. I mean, all of that is a process of, of caring for the souls of people. Now, as we try to land this plane, a couple of things that we want to we want to sort of bring into focus, and uh, I want to get to talking about some resources at the very end. But first, I want to just give you an opportunity to just talk about some very practical ways to cultivate soul care in the church. Yeah, I mean, as a member, if you want to help cultivate soul care, a culture of soul care in the church, I think you do that most powerfully simply by loving those around you, by mm -hmm. engaging in it yourself and caring for compassionately for the hurts of those around you, stepping into issues and messes around you, not avoiding them, um, but engaging with people. Um, but then as, as a leader in the church, um, as a pastor, as an elder, as another leader in the church, I think there, there's all sorts of practical steps you can take. I mean, one is just, just teaching about it, just mm. making sure that, that we're putting before people and reminding them of their call to be engaged in one another's lives. Um, even as pastors, just, just preaching sermons that 
always have very practical, direct, and insightful application. Mm-hmm. Always, you know, we, we talk about here landing the plane all the way down onto the ground, mm-hmm. you know, not ending the sermon where you're just kind of hovering with ideas about how this applies to life, but getting really practical. I think the more practical we get in our preaching, the more people see how the truth of the word of God applies to their lives. And, and it, it engenders the, this expectation that we should be engaging with one another about these, uh, re- the deepest hurts of our souls with one another in the context of the church. Um, and like we've talked about, leaders set an example. I think mm. as pastors, the greatest way to, to help facilitate a culture of soul care is to engage in soul care ourselves. Mm. Not because we're going to be able to do it with everyone, but just because we we lead by example. And, and then uh, one of the biggest components for us in our local church has been the conviction that we ought to be equipping everyone, not just counselors, not just, but, and this, for us, this has started with our small group leaders. So every small group leader ought to be equipped in the basics of biblical counseling, mm-hmm. the basics of, of transformation and change, not just those who raise their hand and say, I want to be a counselor, mm-hmm. right? But, but everyone, and, and as we equip everyone, they see that, oh, wait, I have something to offer. Um, and, and then I, I think too, practically just talking openly and honestly about the struggles people have, mm. um, not avoiding things because they're a hot, hot button, button issue mm-hmm. or because we're afraid it might, you know, bring messes to the surface. We, we ought to be interested in bringing their messy situations to the surface. And so talking openly and honestly about the struggles people have both pub- publicly and privately. I think facilitates that as well. And, and, and finally, I think just teaching about suffering, mm. um, helping people have a theology of suffering and thinking well about suffering um, is another practical thing that helps to create that culture as well. No, that's great. One, one final thing I want, I, I'm going to mention your book, Loving Messy People, which I think is, is very helpful, particularly uh, in relation to this topic. I think it will sort of, um, you know, foster with, with elders and pastors um, a desire to see this type of ministry in their church and not be afraid to deal with, with the messiness of, of the lives of people. Um, but I want you to give maybe, maybe one or two resources that sort of uh, have helped you to, to think well uh, in these areas before we close. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think for pastors, one of the books I found really helpful is The, the Pastor and Counseling. Um, by Jeremy Pierre and mm-hmm. Deepak Riju. I yeah. think that's a, um, it, even for pastors that are thinking, okay, how do I, how am I supposed to engage in this? What, what's, what's my role? I, that, that could be a helpful resource mm-hmm. as well. And uh, one of the books that's been one of the most consistent parts of the equipping in our church family over the years has been Counsel from the Cross mm-hmm. by Elise Fitzpatrick, um, which again, just helps people see how the realities of the gospel um, open the doors to our deepest struggles and pains and uh, meet us with, with hope. And it also shows how equipped all of us are to doing that, that ministry with one another. Um, and, you know, I, also just a plug for, and there's so many different ACBC members and fellows that have written all, all sorts of those small, little practical kind of booklets. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, they're produced by, a number of different publishers, but the more we can get practical 
truths into people's hands. I, you know, if, if you have a collection of those and just, you know, handing them out, it, that's a great resource that helps people see how the truth of God applies to even sometimes what they feel like are non-spiritual issues, things that don't have to do with their relationship with God. But um, those, are, those have been huge practical helps in our context as well. Well, Scott, was so helpful. And, and we want to encourage, I think you've done that today, pastors and elders to, to think through these things and uh, even to exhort them to, to move in this direction, to help them to think well about equipping their people and engaging in soul care themselves. And what a beautiful thing. Thanks for spending time and, and giving us some helpful insight on these subjects. You're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of ACBC. I want to remind you of Scott's book, Loving Messy People. I think it'll be helpful as he's wrestled with and thought through how to engage properly, not dismiss, but engage properly the messiness of lives, our own life particularly, and then the lives of people around us, even in our church. And to do that with gospel grace and gospel love, gospel compassion, in a way that really builds this culture of care that he's been describing. And we also have several different resources on our website where at different conferences and, and uh, venues where we've had ACBC members teach on these types of subjects. And I want to remind you of the treasure trove of resources that we have on our website in the form of audio and video training uh, that can help you and encourage you to think through um, this particular topic, building a culture of care. What an important thing. And I'm so grateful that Scott was able to spend some time with us and and share some of those thoughts. Now, if you're interested in those resources, I wanna encourage you to visit us at biblicalcounseling.com.